You're listening to the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray the message will encourage, inspire, and challenge you to experience the real Jesus. Thanks for listening. Now, let's tune in. Yeah, I am, um, I'm going to continue our series, No Offense, and our, our, our series has been based on how do we live in a society uh, where everybody is offended, uh, and how does God call us to function in that society? How do we navigate that as a people? How do we deal with it when if we say one thing, it offends somebody, and if we say the other thing, it offends somebody? How do we navigate a world full of offended people? Well, last week, uh, we talked about being slow to speak, slow to wrath, quick to listen. We came from James chapter 1, verse 19. Uh, today, I want to talk to you about a very unique topic, uh, and the topic is problematic people. Have you ever had a person in your life that just did not meet your expectations, right? That's like a gentle way of putting that, right? They just, they weren't the right person for the job, right? Well, today, we're going to talk about that. We're going to dig into God's Word, and uh, this all kind of started, uh, I was in the Atlanta airport about to fly out to Johannesburg three weeks ago. And I was dealing with some things and I prayed and I said, Lord, I said, just please give me wisdom and discernment. Uh, I was dealing with a, an issue with um, a friend and I said, Lord, I just, I really just need wisdom. And, and, and how do I know who's the right person for one, this one thing? And how do I know if they're the person to go forward with? And, and so for two weeks while I was in Africa, uh, I got to spend a lot of time in prayer because uh, when I was awake, it seemed like Wendy and the kids were asleep. And when they were awake, it seems like I was asleep. And so the, the, the time, we, we got to spend a little bit of time on the phone, but I was spent a lot of time alone with God while I was there. And one of the things that the Spirit uh, revealed to me was that to understand something's nature uh, was to understand its actions, to understand something's nature. So if you never want to be caught off guard by something, you have to know its nature. Case in point, while I was there, I did a safari. And while I was on the safari, uh, Maxwell, our uh, Saswati um, speaking driver um, from Eswatini, he, he's driving through these little dirt roads and stuff. And all of a sudden he stops and there is a massive male lion staring at us when we came around this corner. And it's just staring at us like we're dinner. This is not a good situation. And he goes, this is not good. <laughs> and I said, yeah, Maxwell, a little clarity would be great, brother. Like, what's not good? And he goes, this lion is hunting us. I said, does this bad boy have reverse? Let's do something. Come on, let's go. And he starts to put it in reverse, and we go to backing up. And then he stops, and he goes, this is really not good. <laughs> and I said, what? He goes, check your mirror. And so I looked in the mirror there's another male lion behind us and they're closing in on us and they're low to the ground, they're prowling. And I said, what are you gonna do? He goes, I need to explain safety to you. <laughs> I said, you need to explain safety? If I, uh, we should have already explained safety, Maxwell. This should have been covered like at the pre-launch meeting, something, right? And he goes, even if the lion jumps in the truck. I went, hold the phone, man. <laughs> Jumps in the truck, dude. That ain't in the brochure, baby. You can't be telling me. We're here now, Maxwell. You can't tell me this stuff when we're between two lions. And he goes, if he jumps in the truck, do not exit the truck. 
Oh, you got me bent, brother. If this line gets in this truck, it's going to be 300 pounds lighter that quick. I'm out. And he goes, no, no, do not leave the truck. They will pounce on you and eat you. I said, man, again, information that would have been really helpful earlier today. Like just what's going on here? And he goes, it's the nature of the lion to chase what is running. And I went, so if I sit still, I get mauled. If I run, I get eaten. So I'm starting to figure out, okay, this is not a good situation. Well, it turns out uh, they ended up being twins. They were both born from the same mother. It's really rare to have twin male lions. And one of them was coming toward the other one, and they were using the truck as like a shield. They were hiding from each other. And then finally, the one behind us took off around the truck and pounced on the other one. They start playing, which was a huge relief to me. <laughs> well, all of a sudden, we put it in reverse and we're going away. And then he starts telling me about the nature of a lion. And while he's telling me about the nature of the lion, the Holy Spirit says, you should understand the nature of what you deal with. You should understand the nature of the things you, you deal with. You should understand the nature of people so you know what to expect. You should understand the nature of your friends so you don't put too much on them. And so God started dealing with me, and I don't know if it was like I was really praying at the time because I was still kind of my heart was racing, but whatever God was doing, he was starting to minister to me for what I'm going to share with you today. And it's, a, it's an important thing to understand the nature of things. Another thing I'll, I'll point out to you is this, is why is it that we as believers expect a godly nature out of earthly things? Just an example. Why do we expect a corporation like Disney to carry our values? They're not a Christian business. They're in the business of making money. Why would it blow our minds that they don't carry the cross? That's not their nature. That wasn't, that's not why they were created. They were created to create entertainment for the masses and make a few bucks in the process. So why is it that we as believers get on social media, I'm through with Disney, da, 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 da. And we're all bent out of shape because something that's nature is to make money is making money. Why would we get upset about that? But we put an offense in our heart because of it. And now we're stuck carrying a burden of offense towards something that's nature was never supposed to do what we've expected it to do in the first place. How about, well, how about this? How about we get a, little, get a little closer to home? Why is it that so many believers expect to be emotionally fed by their job? I get it on connection cards all the time. I don't like the way my coworkers are looking at me when I'm walking down the hallway. Do you know what your job is, by the way? It's not where you're supposed to get your emotional feeding. It's where you get your money, right? And if at a certain point it no longer benefits you making money there, go somewhere else and make your money. But stop looking to something that's nature is to pay you to feed you emotionally. The nature of your job is not to feed you spiritually and emotionally. Now, some of us are blessed when we have a place where we have like-minded people, and it just happens to do that. But man, be very careful because it's not the nature of a job to create spiritual development. Lastly, I'll give you this. 
It's not the nature of a non-believer to fulfill your needs as a believer. Why are we shocked? And why are we hurt when we place unrealistic expectation on non-believers and they fail? Why is it that we allow ourselves to be offended when a non-believer acts like a non-believer? I don't know. I don't know why we expect them to be that way. But for some reason, we apply the grace that we've received onto them when they haven't yet received it. And we expect the goodness of God that we freely received to pour out of them when they've not received it yet. And so it's not in their nature. They are still a child of this world, not a child of the kingdom of God. Why are we blowing our minds with offenses when the world's being the world? I just don't get it. And so today my prayer is that God gives us maybe a little bit of wisdom, right? A little bit of wisdom that we stop looking to things with the wrong nature to provide for us what God is looking to provide for us. And so we're going to go to the word today. Uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 16 through verse 20, gives us a really cool insight as to how to go about finding people to do what you need them to do. And I'm going to put this together for you. Matthew chapter 7, verse 16 through 20. It says, and you will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Does it say you'll guess them? Does it say you'll try to peg them down? No, it says by their fruit, you will know them. You'll know them. So how do we recognize the fruit? Well, what's fruitful? What does that even mean? Go to Galatians chapter five, verse 22. Galatians chapter five, verse 22. But the fruit, look at your neighbor and say fruit. This is what we're looking for today. We're on a fruit hunt. We're hunting fruit today. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering or patience, same word, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now let me go back and put that in the previous verse. And you will know them by their love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Who will you know that way? the people that God has for you to move forward with, to build with, to be in relationship with. You see, we're called to love everybody. And people will turn this whole Christian thing on you. Anybody ever done this to y'all? Do it to me all the time. I thought you were a Christian. I thought you were supposed to love everybody. Oh, I do. I love everybody. But trust you? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. See, we hadn't been through enough seasons yet for me to see what your fruit is. Everybody always wants, well, you know, pastor, I want to uh, I, I do this, that, and the other, and if you just support me, 
I'm not putting my name behind you. I ain't been with you long enough to see if you even going to yield fruit, period, much less what kind of fruit. Let's spend some time together. Let's get to know each other. Then in time, when I see the fruit in your life, then I'll get behind and say, this is a good person. If you're looking for this business, you can get behind this person. This is a good person. Uh, Charles Reynolds, the lawn barber. I have no problem recommending Charles Reynolds. Why? Because we've journeyed together for years. We've journeyed together and everything I've seen him do is excellent. I have no problem recommending him because I've seen the fruit. I've seen the fruit. But everybody wants to put our Christianity on us. I thought Christians, that, 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 that. Yeah, but for me to do life with you real close, I got to be careful, man. I got to be careful. If I don't know your fruit, I can't bake no pies with you. I know that's a food analogy. And I'm starving. That's usually when I do my best preaching when I'm talking about food, so get ready. Here's what is interesting to me is that when we see people who are new, they have certain characteristics. They have personality traits that we like. If I was to pass a microphone around the room and I said, tell me who it is you want to be in relationship with, whether it be a friend, whether it be a boyfriend-girlfriend situation, whether it be a business partner, we would hear things like this. I want them to be fun-loving. I want them to be able to carry on a good conversation. I want them to be stimulating mentally. I want them to be adventurous. I want them to be, oh, let's see, what's another good one? Emotionally available. (laughs) Personality traits. The problem is, is the fruit of the Spirit are not personality traits, they're character traits. And we have filled our lives and some of the most important roles in our lives with people based on their personality traits and not their character traits. And so when somebody's character won't hold up to the pressure that we've placed on them or the expectation we placed on them. Our minds are blown. We're like, they're not the person I thought they were. No, they're not. Baby, you was picking apples in an orange grove the whole time. It's not going to work out. It's not, it blows my mind. Can I just, how real y'all want me to be today? How real do you want me to be? Because I'm going to tell you, I could, my God, I could tap toe on this today. My Lord, help me. How come then are men and women of God hunting a spouse in a nightclub? You're in the orange grove. There's no apples. And God's calling you to make an apple pie with your life, baby, and you're dealing with citrus. What is wrong? Man, it blows my mind. Pastor, pray for me. I don't think this relationship is going to work out. It shouldn't work out. They don't have his nature in them. You're not of this world. You're an alien here, the Bible says. You're a little more different than the world. 
It shouldn't work out. Thank God it don't work out. I'm going to need this sweat rag. I can tell already. (laughs) No, man, it blows my mind. Pastor, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. I started seeing some things in them that I just didn't know was there. Could it be that you moved before the fruit showed? I mean, maybe you should be patient to see what fruit is there before you buy the tree. You know, I, I have a, a little bit of, of a hobby. I have a, a Myers lemon tree and I have a small orange tree. And how foolish would it be of me to condemn the lemon tree for not producing oranges? You'd say, you'd be a fool to expect orange trees, orange come off lemon. Can I tell you, you're just as foolish to expect a non-believer to produce godliness in your life. It's not going to work out. Here's another thing. Oh, I don't even know if I should preach this. I really don't. Because I, I, I ain't trying to get no emails this week. I promise I'm not. Forget it. We're going to go. Listen. Here's another huge mistake we make as believers. We, we don't understand that you can look at a tree and it will have no fruit. So we think, well, just because it's not showing any fruit, it could be. It, 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 it might be. It could have, should have, would have been a tree that produced apples. Until you see the fruit on the limb, baby, don't move forward. Because I've seen some orange trees that look just like a lemon tree, and you don't know until the fruit is there kind of what you're messing with. And so this is what that looks like in people. Well, I don't see anything negative, so I can move forward. I don't see the negative traits of my ex in this person, so I can move forward Wait on the fruit. See, fruit is unique. You can have a tree that doesn't yield fruit for a long time, but it doesn't change the nature of the tree. An apple tree is always an apple tree. Even if there ain't an apple one on the vine, baby, it's still an apple tree. What am I saying? You may be with somebody that doesn't show the characteristics of a believer yet, but you wait until the seasons come, until a season of dryness, until a season of heat and pressure, until maybe a season of rain where the presence of God begins to pour into their life and you watch those apples of righteousness begin to pop out. And then you can say, that's somebody I can build with. That's somebody I can be friends with. That's somebody I can do life with. That's somebody I can confide in and it ain't going to end up all over Crestview uh, word of mouth. Man, that's better than cable TV. So, how, how, Pastor, you're saying there's seasons where they don't have fruit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I, I also learned this from a guy on YouTube. He he wasn't having any fruit on his trees. And so he went and got some bumblebees. And the bumblebees 
They, they'll, they'll bump into one part of the plant and, and then they'll come over here and they'll bump into another part of the plant and, 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 and then fruit will come. It's called pollinization. There cannot be fruit without intimacy. If you're dealing with somebody who looks like they might be the right kind of person, but they're not yielding fruit, it could be that they don't understand spiritual intimacy with God. There has never been a baby other than Christ that was born without intimacy. Just like there has never been a tree to yield fruit without intimacy. You can't have fruit without intimacy. So there's a lot of people walking around here. They got the roots. Look like an apple tree. They're saying the right stuff. Going to the right places. Doing the right things. They don't have a fruit problem. They got an intimacy problem. And can I tell you, that's just as dangerous. Because you're going to ask them to go to spiritual depths with you that they don't understand. And when they can't go, you're going to be all upset. And they're going to say, but I've never, I've never done that before. Why would you expect it out of me? Could it be you're putting unrealistic expectations on that relationship? Let me give you this. Disappointment is the child of false expectations. Disappointment is the child of false expectations. A lot of times we are disappointed with people because we put unrealistic expectations on them. We're shocked when our friend doesn't understand the spiritual battle we're going through. They may not have the spiritual depth you have. Don't be shocked about that. You can still love them as a friend, but you need to find somebody that's got some fruit when you're dealing with spiritual things. You need to find somebody that's walking in the fruit of the spirit. When you're dealing with spiritual things, find somebody that knows the fruit. They know the territory of the spirit. Let those be the people that you confide in. Because I'm going to tell you something. There's nothing worse than having the expectation on a friend. And when they don't meet it, it can ruin the relationship. I don't believe God's called us to that. I believe God has called us to realistic expectations and then loving people even when they do fail us. You see, here's the trick of the whole teaching today is that problematic people are the ones we see in the mirror. You and I have laid down a gauntlet of expectation that some of our friends can never survive in. And then when they don't thrive in our expectations, we judge them harshly. Can I tell you, release them from unrealistic expectations. And in doing so, here's what you're going to find. You're going to find that you might be the fruit that they're looking for in their life. That if two trees... Only one of them's producing fruit, they both still need to eat. You produce the fruit and show them the fruit of the Spirit. See, there's going to be times to where you need to eat, but there's also times people will need to eat from you. And you've got to give them the fruit of the Spirit to live every day with the fruit of the Spirit active in your life.
Holy Spirit taught me something else this week. We have done a really bad job of choosing our spiritual leadership. In America, we choose people based on gifts and callings. There's nothing wrong with that. That's part of it. The scripture says, I believe it's in Romans, I think it's in chapter 11, where it says that the gifts and the calling of God is without repentance. The gift and the calling of God is without repentance. So we find people who are gifted. We find people who are called. And then we shift over behind them and we say, we'll follow that person. The problem is, is that that gift and that calling has more to do with how much God loves them and not enough to do with how much they love God. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me explain this. So God gives me a shirt called a calling. This is my calling. No matter what, I can't take this off as much as Wendy would want me to. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. See what I did there, guys? You're welcome. So I can't take this off. It's my gift and my calling. The Bible says it's without repentance. And so I'm walking around in my life with this gift and calling, irrelevant of what's going on in me spiritually. This gift and calling is there. It's there. It's why a pastor can scream at his wife at 7 a.m. and preach fire at 8.30. It's why a man can abuse his children at home and they lay hands on you and you get healed. And we've decided to choose our leadership based on gifts and calling and the whole time God says, please, please look at the character. Go look at the fruit. The fruit is seasonal. The fruit comes and goes. Find people who are fertile spiritually. Please find people who are intimate with me because I will be able to minister to them in that intimacy and direct them when we're close like nobody else is close. It's not the gift. It's not the calling. It's the fruit. And we're shocked when these men abuse finances in the church. Baby, they never had fruit to begin with. They had a calling. They had a gift. They never had character. They never had character. You say, well, why does God do that? Why does he put gifts? Because he has a dream and a plan for all of us. You in this room are sitting with a gift and a calling that no matter what, you can't get rid of it. That's why some of y'all in here stay so frustrated. Because you're not functioning in your gifting and your calling. But if you want to start functioning in your gifting and your calling, increase your intimacy with God. Increase your intimacy with God. Begin to listen to the Holy Spirit, and He will place you in a, the best position for your gifting and your calling. It blew my mind because growing up, we saw these men and these women who were gifted and my gosh, they were so anointed. They could do things and, and preach and, and teach. And I'm, I'm talking about the gift of faith and, and just unbelievable gifts. And this week, the Holy Spirit said, I got people walking around who were major gifts, but they got no character at all. 
He said, that's the most dangerous of believers. That's the most dangerous of believers. When they know their gift and their calling, but they lack character. I've seen it. I've seen people get up on a stage and preach the lights out, but have no character at all. Can I tell you, God has called us to more wisdom than that. He has called us to look at the character. You can judge. That's the funniest thing, is the world has sold us a lie that's not even for us. Judge not, lest you be judged. That's probably the most quoted verse by non-believers in the world, isn't it? Don't be only God can be my judge, preacher. Not, not true. Show me your fruit, baby. Show me your fruit. I can judge you based on your fruit. I can judge you based on what you cause with your actions. Does chaos follow you everywhere you go? Check the mirror. Does drama follow you everywhere you go? I'm sorry. Check the mirror. Did this always falling for Mr. Wrong happen? Check the mirror. You see, this is the word of the Lord. This ain't the word of Josh. What, what, what I'm breaking down for you is, is this scripture that you can judge by their fruit. Be patient enough to see the fruit from the tree. And when you see the fruit that's lovely, that represents the Holy Spirit, it's, it puts you in a much better position to move forward in that relationship. The last thing I want to share with you is this, is you have to set good boundaries. My grandfather used to always tell us we'd be at the farm in the summer at the ranch. And most of the time, my brother were going mending fences and repairing little pieces of fence and everything. And my grandfather would always say, son, anytime you see a fence, no wide's there. He'd say, because it's either keeping something out or something in. And you don't know which side of the fence you're on until you know. Set boundaries. A lot of the emotional hurt that we face is because we didn't set godly boundaries. A lot of the pain and the emotional scars that we carry as believers it's because we didn't put good boundaries in. I had a friend, I still have him, he just doesn't leave here anymore, Chris Simpson. He's part of the Secret Service. Worked with uh, President Trump, uh, President Obama, um, Secret Service, just really cool stuff. And every time I was around him, I'd see him at you know birthday parties and stuff. And I said, Chris, tell me something you're not supposed to tell me. <laughs> and he'd just start laughing. I'd say, tell me, uh, I'd make up hypotheticals. I'd say, if you and the president are alone in an elevator and it stinks, what are you going to do? He'd say, well, that's actually a likely possibility, so I can't tell you what we're going to do. I said, why? He goes, because then somebody other than the Secret Service would know the plan. And if something happened, then it would be on you because you knew the boundary and you, something happened, we'd come talk to you because you were the one that knew other than us. And he said, everything about protection... Everything about being safe, we've got to be careful who we let into the information. I'll tell you the same thing. Every problem you have emotionally, 
You have to dictate who you let in. Put up boundaries. If this room was your heart, I would say on this wall, don't let people in who tell untruths. The minute you see a lack of truth in somebody, they don't come in that way again. That wall back there be the wall of anger. When you see somebody who just can't deal with anger and they, 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 they just kind of lose control in anger, that's that boundary back there. And once you see that, they don't get past that boundary again. This is a spiritual boundary over here. Once you see that somebody doesn't value what God values, they can't get in that way anymore. Sorry. It's not them. It's just your boundaries. Doesn't make them a bad person. It's just not your person. You see, we as believers have been called to have wisdom in all things. The Bible says in all your gaining, gain understanding, and in all your gathering, get wisdom. Why does it tell us that? It's not because God wants us going through life just collecting random knowledge. It's because you have a loving father that if you gain wisdom, you won't hurt as much. And he says, I love my children enough, I don't want them to hurt. So if you gain wisdom and you begin to judge people by their fruit, I think you'll stop putting unrealistic expectations on the wrong people and in doing so, you'll stop being disappointed in yourselves. Three quick points. There's three types of people in your life. Learn to know the difference. Number one are your constituents. I learned this from T.D. Jakes. Learn your constituents. They're for what you're for. They're for what you're for. It's not about you. You have a mutual target. These are the people you work with. These are the people you build businesses with. These are the people you build nonprofits with. They're constituents. The next are your comrades. They're against what you're against. These are the people you go to war with, your comrades. But the minute the war's over, they're gone. There's nothing left to fight. Third is your confidants. These are the people you can trust with your deepest secrets. One of the number one pains I see is when people get these three things confused. It's when somebody who wants to fight for what you'll fight for, you mistake them for somebody who can be trusted with your deepest secret. Just because they fight with you does not mean they'll keep their mouth shut for you. Learn the difference. Protect yourselves by knowing the difference. Here's the reason why you need to learn the difference. James chapter 5, verse 16 says this, to confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you might be healed. It goes on to say the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Stop blaming your problems on people and realize that you simply expected too much from them in the first place. I think if you do that, man, you'll have a lot more peace. You'll certainly have a lot more joy. And if you do that, if you'll really judge people by their fruit, at the end of your life, you will have amassed the most beautiful orchard of relationships that will feed you, that will shade you in times of heat, that will protect you in the highest of winds that life can throw. But it all starts with you having realistic expectations and looking in the mirror and understanding that there are people 
that are in your life that number one, God did not send. And number two, just because they're there doesn't mean they're your people. Amen. Stand to your feet. I want to bless you today. For more information about Hope City Community Church, visit www.hopecitycc.com. Until next time.